Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Glad you're with us. And just like that, the final hours here. The weekend is upon us. Round two of the NFL draft will soon be underway from Kansas City. Putting with Rowe for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Chad, your initial thoughts going into the Kansas City draft was maybe it's jumped the shark a bit, the hype, overhyped, what have you. What'd you make of the round one edition of Kansas City hosting the draft? Because tonight it looks like it may rain, and I think that will probably dampen the overall viewing uh, audience of what Kansas City does or puts on a show for. And I know they've built this whole football field long theater, um, but still, I mean, the the crowd shots and things may be a bit different. Uh, so I thought that the crowd was good. I thought that part of it was cool. It was neat to see everyone in their Kansas City Chiefs jerseys that shows yeah. the power of the Chiefs in that market. Usually it's, a, usually it's just a cornucopia <laughs> of different colors, but it was dominated by red Chiefs jerseys, which was cool and shows how the power of the Chiefs in, in Kansas City and all around that region. Um I thought the optics of it was kind of lame, honestly. And it's it's sad that I have to compare everything to Nashville. But that is the standard it is. of it. And it's just nowhere close. The, Vegas was horrendous. It looked like they were in an airplane hangar. And it just looked like people just melting on the pavement around <laughs> it. Uh, this looked better than that. I thought the coolest just look of it was the green room for the players where we got to see Will Levis all night inside of that old train station. I think it's Union Station or whatever yes. it is, is where they're hosting it. That was neat, just that building and how old it was and classic it looked with the setup for the green room I thought was very well done. Outside of that, meh, just okay. Not great. I mean, the crowd was good, I thought, but everything else, the fountain was okay. Um Jason Kelsey chugging beers with Eagles fans was a highlight out in the crowd. But overall, it's nowhere near Nashville. And maybe that's unfair to every other host city because Nashville is far and away the best, but it's not Nashville. That was my takeaway. Yeah. And other than that, I thought it was fine if you're judging it based on anything other than Nashville. But the, the crowd, while they're going to say the, the numbers may be the same, they're expecting around 300,000 total over the weekend. It just It's not as jarring or big. It doesn't look like a festival, much like we saw here in 2019. Chad, we can't wait for the expanded college football playoff where we get the 12 teams instead of the four. Uh, Bill Hancock yesterday confirmed that the first round of the expanded college football playoff in 2024, of course, that's not this year, 2024, it will, be, it will start the third week of December with one game on Friday that week and then three games on Saturday that will go head-to-head with the NFL. But the NFL is going to be a part of the planning and the scheduling of this, and I've got a theory on that in a minute. But the semifinals for the college football playoff, when we actually get there on this bracket of the 12-team expanded, it will be on a, in midweek 
to avoid the NFL wildcard weekend and all of the television rights and contracts where everybody's trying to get a piece of the NFL pie. I like the bracket and how it looks. This is what it would have looked like had it been in 2022 with Tennessee hosting Kansas State, TCU hosting Tulane, for instance, Penn State on the road at Ohio State. Um, and then you have Alabama hosting a game as well. And those games are on campus, which I love as part of the first round. But you have the buys, the top-ranked conference champions, where in this scenario, Georgia, Utah, Michigan, and Clemson would have received the first round buy. Well, the bracket is great. And, and what I see there is, you know, two losses doesn't just ruin you. You know, for these teams, yeah. like Tennessee's an example with, with the two losses. Kansas State um, getting to host a game in the playoff with two losses yeah. with a really difficult schedule is a great reward for a, a good season, even though with an you came up to short go twice. Face Georgia. Yeah, again. so I, I, I love it. It's only going to make the game better overall. More teams are going to be interested deeper into the season. And not that they're not interested in college football because everybody's got different goals. But more teams are going to be viable for a national championship or at least the opportunity to play for one deeper into the season. I think that's going to make the sport better. And I like the midweek part of it yeah. where you avoid wild card weekend. Is it going to be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday scenario clarify. for the playoffs? They just or just midweek. Yeah. Um, and that I'm will guessing be... probably Wednesday, Thursday yeah. leading into the weekend. The, uh, the other thing um, in regards to them working on that Friday and then the Saturday slate with three games, but the NFL also that time of year will be flexing games. They have the, the two options for their two games on Saturday, and some of those are NFL Network games and others are not, right? The, I think what the NFL will do in this case and what they would like to avoid, they don't, for instance, if Cleveland, in the, if the Browns are playing on Saturday – that particular Saturday. They would not want to schedule that game up against Ohio State in the college football playoff. Yeah. Now, whether or not you think that the NFL cares or not, I actually think they would work with the scheduling aspect of this a bit to where if you are going head-to-head with the NFL, it's not going to be where fan bases have to decide on a split of what you're going to tune in for specifically for your team or what you're going to attend. Personally, I think that's what the NFL will lean towards is listening to the networks and what they would like in the overall structure of that Saturday. And I do think that the NFL cares about what college football thinks or wants. I think that's one where they're not so crass to just say, oh, we'll do whatever we want. We don't care. On this week and the regular season uh, in the aspect week, of it. Yeah, and even in the regular season aspect of it to an extent. No, I'm saying for the NFL. Yeah, on yeah I, I'm saying just in general, the NFL's got a great setup where they have college football as their minor league, where they get to draft well, from college football. But they're also avoiding them in the playoffs for a good reason. Oh, college football is. Yeah. yeah no, I, I agree with that. But I'm saying I think the NFL – likes working with college football also on, on what makes sense. For the and, reason you said, uh, Browns, Ohio State, possible. And you can pick up that'd other be, examples, By the way, that would be a huge conflict for our guy Tyler over here. I know. He's a fan of both. But there, I mean, don't a lot of teams like that. Yeah, then, yeah, I don't think they want to split that and you know where you have to choose one or the other. I think they would try to make it where you have an amazing triple header, so to speak, where on one network, and it could be the same network, by the way. ESPN's going to have the right of first refusal with this. But they also could grant the right of another bid coming in. So you could hypothetically have Ohio State playing in the college football playoff 
leading into the Cleveland Browns game. Yeah. Potentially. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm thinking the Browns are one of those teams that get flexed. I think you see where I'm going it, it, with it. It's simplest your at the simplest level of this. It just gives us more games that are so important. Yeah. yeah. That are drama filled, that are win or season is over. It gives us more of those opportunities. I'm always on the side of I have a hard time disputing when you want to add playoff teams to any league because my thing is, well, more playoffs are better. I tune into the playoffs in the NBA just for the playoffs. That's it. But for every sport, I've never looked at it and said, man, these extra playoff games are really bothering me. Playoffs, good. More playoffs, to me, are good. You don't want to water it down too much. There is a balance. But that's the way I feel about college football playoff. The fact they're going to 12 teams is only going to be good for the sport because it gives you more of those types of games. Yeah, we're about to give our best available players, according to Hot Mike, um, for tonight's upcoming second round. Uh, one thing I didn't even think of, but ESPN forces us to be reminded, um, where the, we had three black quarterbacks drafted in the top five last night. I didn't even think about this. I doubt you did whenever the picks start rolling off the board, but they're continuing to tweet this as if it's some you know historical moment or breaking news when the audience is so far past this now. And ESPN I, continues to make this a headline. Yeah, ESPN posted this on social media, and it caught our eye. I, 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 like you, Hutton, did not even think about it until they posted that. And isn't that progress? Of course. I mean, that's, that's great news. And we're also on repeat with uh, the last time that this happened. Yeah, I just I don't know that I, I, I can't even think of one sports fan or football fan that I talk to that even thought about that as a thing. No. It's just, here are the top quarterbacks in the draft. Here's where they may go. Oh, three went in the top four. And, and the, that's it. it and it's Anthony not, Richardson, who barely played in college, was considered a better pro prospect than Will Levis, who played a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't look at any of these picks as Jackie Robinson right. when they were being drafted by their team or their city. I mean, it's just, uh, stop it already with this. It's ridiculous, and no one even thought about it until you raised the point. That's a better sign of progress than having to point to their race right? as they're picked, as if people were thinking about that in the moment. It, it just gets old. And the highest-paid quarterbacks in NFL history are also black. But again, that's not, that's not something I'm even thinking about with Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, but that was also mentioned uh, through ESPN over the last couple of days. Chad, the uh, top five players for me – that are still available. I may surprise you with one name. Okay. Because I doubt you're going to mention him. But let's start with the obvious ones for me. Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama, to me, is the best player available right now. Plug and play. I'm instant starter. Open field tackling. Just go watch Alabama's defense. And in the open field, watch Brian Branch Try to find him missing a tackle. He is a heat-sinking missile. Try to find him miss a field. tackle. And in, in the league, with the specialized aspect of offensive players, running backs out of the backfield, tight ends, Brian Branch is a piece and a, a chess piece for a defense who matches up well with different positions. I would be trading up, chasing him from Alabama at, at the safety spot. Michael Mayer at, at Notre Dame. 
tight end, we're going to see plenty of them tonight. We'll see a team jump up and try to draft him as well. Josh Downs is, if you're looking for speed, and I know he dropped some passes at North Carolina. If you're looking for speed and then a guy who can play not just three downs, but also four downs, meaning punt returner, I'm drafting Josh Downs from North Carolina. Joey Porter Jr., Pittsburgh, has the number one pick tonight atop the second round at pick 32. It would make a lot of sense for them to go with the cornerback out of Penn State. And, Chad, Will Levis. To me, it's more than just value. The skill set, for me, is a good quarterback who deserved to be, based on what I am putting him up against with quarterback needs for teams and the other talent after him and Hendon Hooker, Will Levis right now is a player worth trading up for because now in the second round, you're not having to give up future first-round picks and the house for future years. You get a chance to develop him, if you want, based on where you're drafting him, behind the veteran already on your roster. I'm taking Will Levis as one of my top five players available, and I'm still buying into the hype that he can be a good, solid NFL quarterback He's just not top 10 worthy, and he wasn't. He's worthy of being a first-round grade, and I would be, if I'm quarterback needy, or if I think I will be a year from now, it's worth an investment of a second-round pick. And Will Levis, actually, you sent the video over this morning, Chad, the, the preview of he wouldn't have even gone to Kansas City. He entertained the idea that maybe he wasn't going to go in the first round and what that would mean about his trip to Kansas City. Uh, before the draft even happened. Here, here's the video. If I get invited and like if I know like I'll be a pretty high pick, I'll definitely go. I'm, I'm looking forward to going, but um, I don't want to go if, if like I could be like a second round pick, you know. You don't want to be that. <laughs> don't want to have the camera just on you all day. Yeah, and I don't blame him for that. But that's telling you that he thought he was going to be a very high pick. Well, Turns out he was told that he's a high pick in the second round. Jimmy Sexton is his agent. I'm sure others told him that that's what was going to happen because they expected that to happen. It did not. Full disclosure on that. And by the way, I share two names okay. on your list on my top five, so we'll go right past those. But this is our top five. That's right. This is not a prediction of what I think is going to happen in the second round tonight with the top five this players your, to our go. Our favorite players left. Favorite five players left. I think all these guys are going to go in the second round. Mm -hmm. But my five favorite. Hendon Hooker's a better quarterback than Will Levis. There, I said it, and I've said it before. Right now, he's a better quarterback. May, might Will Levis eventually be better five years from now? Maybe. I don't see it, though. With Hendon Hooker, you're getting a ready-made starting quarterback in the NFL once he's healthy from the ACL. Perfect candidate to quote-unquote redshirt behind a veteran quarterback that may be on their way out. He's my favorite player left right now, and he's going to be picked, I think, pretty early in the second round. We'll have to wait and see. Hutton, I agree with you on Michael Mayer. I know Colin, our producer, also agrees with you on that. Most complete tight end. I don't think he's the best pass catcher. I think that's Dalton Kincaid. That's why I love that pick for the Bills. But you're getting a great player with Michael Mayer, and I think that is a candidate for someone to trade up and get maybe the Tennessee Titans, maybe someone else in a possible move up to draft Michael Mayer. Another tight end that I love. This is a tight end heavy second round. Yes. There's some really good ones. I love Darnell Washington. The dude is a giant. He is a six foot eight tight end. Six seven, six eight. Huge guy. Great athlete. I think he could be a very not versatile, 
but unique player in someone's offense if utilized the right way. So Darnell Washington's my third favorite. We agree on Joey Porter Jr. Surprised he didn't go in the first round. But when Christian Gonzalez went all the way at 17, that did not bode well for Joey Porter Jr. as a corner going in the first round. He's going to go quickly tonight, though. And Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Love his speed. I think he showed this past season. Game breaker. I love him for the right offense. As a complimentary player, I don't. he's not a number one. He's not going to be a number one receiver. He's not going to do everything for you. But in the right offense, for him as a change-of-pace guy that can beat you over the top, Jalen Hyatt's going to be a difference maker for someone that drafts him. My fifth favorite player. Yeah, and here's where my separation of Hendon Hooker and Will Levis and while I'm putting him up there ahead of Hooker. Jalen Hurts is entering his fourth season and just signed a $255 million contract, and Hendon Hooker's older than him. Um, Josh Jacobs and Devin White, they are entering their fifth season. Hendon Hooker's older than them. Um, the, uh, Justin Herbert, Tua, Jordan Love. And he's older than all 10 quarterbacks drafted two years ago who are entering their third season right now. So five years from now, sure, Will Levis can be, maybe he's not better than Hendon Hooker, but Hendon Hooker going in contract number two will be 30 years old. And you don't have the fifth-year option to just toy around with to see if he's the guy then. So, I, I well here's the here's the counter I'm, to that, and I, I I understand what you're saying. The age is a factor. My counter would be Hendon Hooker could be as good as Jalen Hurts in a year with the right coaching and the right system. And if that's the case, think of how cheap you have that sure. guy as a second-round pick as your starting quarterback. I believe he's ready-made to be a starter. So if that's the case, you're getting a very cheap second-round option at quarterback that you don't have to pay that astronomical amount of money like you did to Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson. Both are worthy of being drafted Both are worthy. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. But, and so that to me is – and I'm looking at the best-case scenario yeah. for Hendon Hooker. And I'm not saying he's Jalen Hurts right now, but if you draft him and you believe in him a year from now, you're getting a 26-year-old starter that's dirt cheap that if put on a good roster with a good team and a good system, I mean, that could be a great opportunity for a team to spend around the, sure. the quarterback when you're not spending heavy on that starting QB. Later, we will. Uh, I've got a prediction on where Hendon Hooker ends up tonight, uh, plus another tight end that we've both mentioned and the landing spot for Michael Mayer. But when we come back, we get the thoughts of Taylor Bashotti from NFL Network. She'll join us from Los Angeles. And we'll recap round one, give the big storylines and the rumor mills going around right now as we are set to begin round two of the 2023 NFL Draft. That's straight ahead on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton Withrow with you across the Outkick Network with Hot Mike. Taylor Bashotti joins us from Los Angeles, NFL Network. They've got it covered for the NFL Draft. Taylor, great to have you on the show. Hope things are well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. What? So Who doesn't we, love the draft? Oh, yeah. We, we, we definitely love it. The, the marriage of college and pro football is always fun for us, for sure. And reality what more TV. could you ask for? Yes. <laughs> we saw the reality. Especially yesterday. Yesterday oh, was fun. Well, with Will Levis, the reality TV that played out. Um, behind the oh. scenes with everyone at NFL Network, how surprised are you guys at what we saw play out with Will? Look, I think that we see this every year, right? Last year, it was Nicobe Dean who kept falling and falling. And I think there was a lot of question marks at quarterback after number one, Bryce Young, definitely going to be the number one overall pick. And then most people thought CJ Stroud. But then after that, I think that there was some question marks as to what quarterback's going to be taken. And I think that even now, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Hendon Hooker go before Will Levis. I mean, now that he's dropped, it's kind of like, well, I think teams start thinking, okay, is this toe injury a little bit more serious than we thought? The mayonnaise thing always threw people off. <laughs> and the selfies. So, uh, yeah, I just think that, and also he had a, quite a few 27, 23 interceptions. So <laughs> there is a little bit of inconsistency there. I do, I, I could see him continuing to fall. It's like, well, if you're ranking with the NFL GMs, what was worse? The 23 interceptions, or mayonnaise the mirror, and the, the coffee, selfie got or me. the bathroom mirror selfie, yeah. shirtless. He's also just there's way a, too jacked to be a quarterback. There's a lot of marks against him, for sure. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm always fascinated, though, Taylor, to see the reaction from viewers. The ones that get mad about showing the guy who's falling, oh, leave the kid alone, stop showing. And I'm thinking, you are only doing your job. If you show the reaction of the player that's dropping in the draft, this is a great reality show. You have to show the player if they're For around. sure. And you know what? Will Levis didn't look bothered. <laughs> no, his girlfriend looked usually bothered. You see the guys kind of like getting upset <laughs> and, you know, looking down and staring at their phone, staring off into space, wondering what if I don't go? Well, he just seemed very unbothered by the whole thing. So all the power to him. Kudos to him for not letting it affect him. Yeah, there was, uh, and I always laugh also at just the critiques of all the the people around the player, like the girlfriend that was sitting with him at one point. Yeah, and her reaction, and everyone, you know, looking at they're, their face they're also at, falling at her disappointment. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. Now, Will Levis is leaving. The reports are that he's not going to be there tonight. Taylor, in your opinion, is that a good move or a bad move for him? Some are already saying, "Hey, yet another red flag. Here's a guy who can't stick with it." and stay in Kansas City and, and face the music? Or do you see it as a guy that I just says, know. I'm going to save myself from this now? I, I don't think that you can kind of 
encapsulate it into one thing. I think that there could be a lot of factors playing into it. I know Nicobe Dean went back for the second day last year, which I love to see that. I went to Georgia, so I'm a little biased, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with him going home right now. Speaking of you going to Georgia, what about what the Philadelphia Eagles have done in the last two they drafts? Won. And we were talking about as a huge winner this year again with, with Jalen Carter <laughs> it is. And, and with Nolan Smith. It's incredible, though. You got four starters now recently playing on Georgia national championship teams starting for the Eagles. It really is. I'm jealous. I can say I think that they're doing a fantastic job. But something that is, I mean, I would say that the Eagles, you know, if you have to say one team won the draft in quotation marks, I would say that they probably won round one just with picking up those Georgia players. But it was also based on the fact that they had needs in those spots. They lost a lot. And so those players are coming in and filling big holes that they had because of their losses. So I don't necessarily see them moving up that much. I think that they're going to continue to be that good as be as good as they were last year, which is great. Um, but I don't necessarily think that it moves the needle that much just because they did have players that they lost, if that makes sense. So they almost filled those needs perfectly. But I don't think that you could have done it any better than the players that they selected. Let's stick with Georgia. Stetson Bennett, do you feel like he is going to have an NFL career as, as likely as a backup quarterback, at least for a while? Or are we going to be talking about Stetson Bennett Buick Chrysler Jeep outside of Athens, Georgia, here very soon with all the opportunities he'll have as Georgia Bulldog legend. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think, I feel like he's similar in a way to Jake Fromm. He might stick around the league for a few years as a backup. You know, I, I wish him the best. I hope he does do well, but you've got to keep in mind that he's also older. And so he's coming in at a little bit of a disadvantage in that regard as well. What did the analyst, uh, Taylor, and, and who you talked to say about Hendon Hooker's age and how much that's playing a factor in his overall draft stock as we go into the second day of the NFL draft this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that it plays a factor, but I, I, I'm hearing more and more that people are now saying that they think that he's going to get selected over Will Levis. So as much as it does, as much as it does play a factor, I do think that they're there are some advantages of coming in a little bit older. So, like, and if that's the case... And I'm kind of contradicting myself because well, I said it differently for Stetson, but I just feel like they're totally different players. No doubt. And, and Chad and I just discussed Hooker versus Levis and the production in college. But they, if it's the toe... in, Like, I'm just not buying the whole foot thing with okay. Levis because Hooker's coming off an ACL. So it, it's hard to say that one injury with the, the foot that no one was talking about is bigger than the ACL discussion with Hooker and why he's not a first-round pick or a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback. Couldn't agree more. I almost feel like it's an agent just kind of trying to leak it, justify the fact that he has fallen. Um, because, like you said, we have not heard this. He's gone on how many pre-draft visits, and we had not heard this to be a concern before this at all. So it does feel a little, a little odd. But, again... I don't know what it would be like to be in that situation. I'm sure it's tough, especially when people, so many mock drafts had all five quarterbacks going boom, 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 boom. And he was probably, I'm not, there was so much talk and speculation that the Colts loved him. So I'm, I think that the Colts made the right decision in Anthony Richardson. I think it's going to be fascinating to see Shane Steichen develop him. Um, I, I like Richardson more personally, but again, there was a lot of talk that Will Levis was going to end up with the Colts. So I do feel bad for him in this situation. I know that it must be tough, but it doesn't mean anything in the long term. You know, he could still get drafted by a team 
and end up being one of the top players that's going to get selected in this draft. And it's going to be one of those things where it's like, wow, I can't believe that he fell as far as he did. It's again, like Nicobe Dean, we've seen this with so many other quarterbacks before Lamar Jackson taken 31st overall um, or the last pick in the first round. So again, I don't think that it's going to affect him long-term, but it is interesting to see how many teams are seem to be in alignment on what they think of him. We and again, see. I don't think that the mayonnaise helped. No, <laughs> the mayonnaise, I, I don't. selfies, the banana peels, odd bird. Facial expressions. I mean, we can go down the list. There's a lot of reasons <laughs> I, I don't like Will and, Levis. And play. Punchable face, um, just just in general. Um, look, the the C.J. Stroud situation. C.J. Stroud, a guy that doesn't have a punchable face. But no. when you look at the punching bag he sort of became and the build up to the draft, yeah. because the S2 score – because supposedly the Texans didn't like him, but there he goes, number two overall to the Texans. When you look back on it, do you think it was the Texans creating a smoke screen, or did they legitimately somehow get back in on C.J. Stroud after being out on him at some point? My guess is that they loved him all along and were planning to go with C.J. Stroud. I don't think that, I mean, whoever leaked it, leaked it. And then, of course, there's, always they're not going to sit there and show their hand. They're not going to say that that's who they want at number two. But I think that that was their plan all along with CJ Stroud. Um, I loved how aggressive they got. And I want to give Daniel Jeremiah, our um, NFL network draft analyst expert credit for this. He somehow in his latest mock draft had exactly what was happening happen, which was they traded back into number three and then got Will Anderson jr. Look, I respect it. Like I respect them being aggressive. They've got all these picks. Why not use them? Yes, picks don't grow on trees, but they got both guys that they really, really wanted. So it's like, I kind of respect their aggressiveness. And then things worked out well for Arizona last night, too, because they trade back and they still end up with the tackle by trading, using what Houston gave them to move up and get the tackle that they want. And they end up with more draft capital. And if you start looking at what they're acquiring with new general manager Monty Austin Ford, if you start to look at 2024 and potential quarterback, potential wide receiver with Marvin Harrison Jr. There's a lot of things that could work out in Arizona's favor, depending on how bad Houston is. I could not agree more with that. And then you've got Kyler Murray, who, you know, is keeping them from drafting a quarterback this year. The, the Anthony Richardson ceiling is fascinating. You mentioned this. But the investment being made, and then the admission immediately after at number four overall, where... Chris Ballard is saying, yeah, it could be ugly early on, but we believe in the ceiling of this guy. I, there's a lot of pressure on Indy to be back to where Indy was, and it's yeah. dependent on this guy at 20 years old or however old he is to, to actually hit sooner rather than later, and we barely saw him play in college. I, I love the move. I, I think that, like he said, it might be ugly at first, but that's not necessarily what it's going to look like long term. And that's what you've got to that's what you've got to draft is somebody that you think is going to be your franchise quarterback for the long haul. And we saw what Shane Steichen was able to do with Jalen Hurts. And if he's in the building and saying this is the guy that I think that I can grow and develop to be a player that is going to come out like Jalen Hurts, then I'm all for it. I think that I think it's a good risk to take. We've seen them struggle these past couple of years trying to get their quarterback. And I mean, after such a great combine, so many people had him, you know, coming up higher. And I think that most draft boards had him going before uh, Will Levis and the um, after 
CJ Stroud. So, I mean, I love it. I think it's a great pick and I think that it's going to turn out well for them. But I think it's good to kind of like temper expectations, tell your franchise, calm down. Immediately. Don't expect, you know, the world at first. Yeah. Uh, and then Ursay, Chad, well, he'll jump in and stir the pot again. Oh, though. for oh, sure. Yeah. He loves to do that. Um, probably Love also, that commentary. Probably also puts mayonnaise in his coffee. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I like what Atlanta does in terms of running the football, right? We, we know Arthur Smith a little bit, and he's going to want to run the football there in Atlanta. Drafting Bijan Robinson. Did you Robinson. see that they already have all the Dijon mustard in their facility now? They must have like gotten it in overnight because Bijan mustard. Oh, like, really? I did not Robinson. see that. Yeah. I, yeah, I wonder great. if whoever drafts Will Levis will bring in all the mayo, also just to make him <laughs> feel right at home when they get there. But Bijan Robinson, uh, I like the pick for Atlanta from this perspective. A lot of people are pointing to, hey, you already ran the ball well a year ago. When you look at them statistically, why would you draft a running back with that spot that they were in last night? But I look at it like, well how much better can they be now with a guy this dynamic? Because that's ultimately what they want to do first is run the ball. What did you make of that pick for the Falcons? I think it was great. I think that, like you said, they are almost doubling down on running the ball and being a run heavy offense. So why not go in and go grab the guy that you want? Even if, you know, I think that people did have him as high as that because of how dynamic he is. Um, it's probably too early to, early to say that he's somebody like a Derrick Henry, but I mean, he's a phenomenal player. How great is the Aaron Rodgers trade to the New York Jets for you and everyone else at NFL Network that not only do you have Aaron Rodgers in New York, but you've got the Packers now starting over with Jordan Love. There's so many great storylines that spawn from that trade. How great is this for you? Well, you know, I'm a little hostile about it because I was on overnight news shifts for so many weeks waiting for this Aaron Rodgers news to happen every night at like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I can feel it. He's going to come out of his Alaska, you know, <laughs> whatever retreat that he was on in the complete solitude and then just say this trade is happening and it's going to get broken at three o'clock in the morning and it's all going to be not for nothing. And of course, then it happened in the middle of the day when I'm not on an overnight news shift. So I'm a little hostile about that. But other than that, Look, I think that the Jets are going kind of in a way like all in. I feel like they have all the pieces that they need. Their big hole has been a quarterback. We saw them make so many strides last year. They were Sauce Gardner. I mean, they've got the team around them. I love their head coach, Robert Sala. They need to start winning immediately. They only have a short window, but they've gone in a way all in. And I think that Aaron Rodgers really could be that missing piece. And Taylor, look at this guy. I mean, he is refreshed. I want to go on this. I mean, ayahuasca for a trip. Guy, I mean, he looks younger. He, yes. Yeah. I, I should take like, ayahuasca. This is the message that Aaron like Rodgers gave me. Um, like a homeless person when he comes into yeah. Packers. He looks like he worked the overnight shift. He's there. Yeah. Doesn't want to be there. It's very <laughs> obvious. I don't know if I bought his, um, explanation of why he never called Gutekunst back. He said that he's got very bad cell service. And so anybody that knows him knows that they need to FaceTime <laughs> audio him. But I'm thinking to myself, well, that doesn't mean that text messages don't go through. So yeah, Schefter's sure did. if I buy that one, I'm not sure I love the way that he handled his exit from Green Bay. Um, I just think that it could have been handled a little bit better and the communication could have been better between him and the coaches. I think Matt LaFleur is also a great coach, and I think that them being willing to start over and just cut ties, and obviously they want to get something for their asset, understandably so, but ready to move on and cut ties. And even if Jordan Love is not their long-term answer, I think they're ready to just you know, look, look at the long-term of this. And I think that it, 
the relationship between LaFleur, Rogers, Gutekunst, Rogers, Rogers and the organization had just run its course. Maybe not responding to texts was part of his spiritual journey that he's going on right now. Maybe, something else he's cut out of his life. I'm just so. not going to text. I should try that. But it, it's crazy I should, to I should see. I tell NFL Network I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to throw yeah. my phone away after this. If you need me, I'm sorry. You should have known to FaceTime audio me. FaceTime <laughs> audio. That is it. You may be taking ayahuasca somewhere. Just tell them all the po- – But Darren Rogers, in all seriousness, was the one guy to go to an ayahuasca retreat in Costa Rica and come out looking like a – like a finance bro in Manhattan. I mean, at that Jets press conference, like he looks so much I more know. clean cut after the Iowa. And he's retreat. actually there for the voluntary work the very next day. It's amazing. He's a new man. And the Jets really did. I mean, they went out of their way to go out and get everything that he wanted. I know that he does. He doesn't like that it's being called a wish list, but every quarterback has, you know, certain receivers that they want to play with, and they went out and got Alan Lazard and they tried, they tried to make this transition and this move for him as easy as possible. So I'm excited to see what they do. Taylor, Taylor Bashotti with the NFL Network. So Lamar Jackson's now the highest paid player in NFL history. We were debating mm-hmm. this yesterday. Does Justin Herbert become that player next before Burrow? Or does Burrow grab it and never relinquish it until Mahomes gets the big extension that he'll, he'll eventually be bumped oh, back yeah. up to number one? That's a good question. I feel like every quarterback that then gets his deal done ends up becoming the bar besides Deshaun. I think that that's... Yes. We've now seen so many quarterback deals got get done since then, and it was just a bad bar to set. Um, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I think that take Deshaun Watson out of it, every quarterback since then has kind of like reset the market and become the highest paid. So I think that it's only natural that you're going to have to see them go up, 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 up. Both franchise quarterbacks, long-term quarterbacks, you couldn't ask for more talent between both Burrow and Herbert. And I, I mean, I would try to hold out if I'm Burrow to let Herbert reset it and then jump ahead of that. <laughs> He's going to get paid. Squeeze regardless. in those extra few millions. No. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and it also helps out Patrick Mahomes, who's sitting back going, "Hey, I'm the seventh or eighth highest paid quarterback." All of a it sudden, it makes it does like make me question: Are we ever going to see a Tom Brady type situation again, where he's willing to forego being the highest paid quarterback in order to get weapons around him? Or is that just long gone? Do you think that Travis Kelsey and uh, Patrick Mahomes were drinking before they took the stage last night? Uh, absolutely. I had this discussion. Uh, I'm like, they, they weren't like sloppy or anything, but I'm like, to get ready to go out there and put on that show, I wonder if they took a couple shots before they walked out. Like, I feel like they would be so much fun to hang out with. Like, if there's one team that you just want to go and just like go get beers with, it's definitely the Chiefs. Well, and then Jason Kelsey roster. also oh, Kelsey. Uh, in yeah. the crowd chugging beers with Eagles fans was another <laughs> sight to behold. So. That whole family gets it done. Taylor, yeah. thank you so much for the visit, the recap of round one. Thank you for having me. We are eager to uh, to get round two going. And if it's not Will Levis or Hendon Hooker, I'm eager to see which, not quarterback, non-quarterback teams are chasing with Pittsburgh holding that first pick. We'll be watching tonight. Yeah. I am watching at home. Nice. We'll be doing the same. Yeah. Thank you, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Taylor Bashotti, uh, NFL Network host she uh nice enough to join us there from la uh, great visit there and i'm with her on i do think hinden hooker is the better quarterback from college the investment though and the value for well, me so is much Will so much speculation that pittsburgh the, the teams that have called are they all trying to trade up to draft will levis and i do have in the back of my mind i'm thinking what if someone's one of those teams just one of the four or five that keeps reaching out is actually trading up to draft hinden hooker 
or the big surprise. That would be a shock. I still believe Levis will go before Hooker. The big surprise would be. If I don't it's think n- he neither. should. I don't think he should, but I think he will. But that that would surprise me if, if Hooker went. So, but you've got Taylor saying that you know maybe that will happen tonight. I've got the team that makes the most sense tonight to draft Hendon Hooker, and also I've got the team that I expect to draft Michael Mayer. That's next on Hot Mike. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. A little righteous gemstones bringing us back. Oh, man. Jennifer Nettles, best acting gig ever. This is this is it. I don't know that she acted anything else, but I'll always remember her for this role. So, Judy, Judy Gemstone, or is that the daughter? Judy's the daughter. In the show. I don't remember the mother's name. Yeah. The mom's it's, name. It's John Goodman's deceased wife. wife. Yes. That she plays. With a lot of flashbacks. Yes. Uh, great show if you haven't seen it. Uh, Chad, I've got, to me, I've got two predictions going into round two tonight. The Detroit Lions are going to select Hendon Hooker. They have picked 34, 48, and 55. They have three picks tonight in the second round. And for the teams that have the opportunity to invest in the backup QB that you can groom and become the starter, Ben Johnson, the young offensive coordinator, aspirations of being a head coach, took interviews this past offseason, decided, hey, I'm, I'm not going to move around. I'm going back to become and staying as the offensive coordinator in Detroit. Jared Goff right now, his play last year, fantastic for what Detroit needed. He's a steal on his salary at $26.5 million. It wasn't that long ago that he was considered like the – that massive deal that the Rams gave him, and then they end up trading him as a part of the deal for Matthew Stafford. But over the next two years, they owe him $26.5 million, and you start thinking about the $50 million-plus contracts of these other quarterbacks. Well, you have the chance now to go and draft Hendon Hooker because you have the luxury of three second-round picks. And to me, it just makes sense and a fit for what Detroit could do. You have Goff ahead of him. There's no pressure to play him. You can figure out, make sure he's healthy. And then if you want to move on from Jared Goff because you've got the future of the franchise there, great. Because you have a young nucleus already built around Goff and you could potentially have the second-year starter, second-year quarterback, first-year starter in Hendon Hooker in the NFL a year from now. Hutton, I love this plan. Uh, I think it would be a great looking at what could be best for either Hooker or Levis is going to a spot like that. That's a good roster, uh, good coaching. And that's a spot where but, you can you can 
If, if I may, though, th here's why I think it's a better spot for Hooker than Levis. With Levis comes expectations of playing him sooner to me because he was a top 10 lock, right? The, the media, the fan base are going to be, the minute that Jared Goff is awful in a game, it's going to be, is Will Levis ready to go? And Levis is more open and forthright and honest about what he thinks. You know, he's quirky. Hooker's just behind the scenes quiet. And that's what you want in your backup yeah. quarterback if you're just trying to just have a redshirt year, quote-unquote. Well, totally different vibe for yes. the two quarterbacks. Yes. Because Hooker does seem like, I also, if it doesn't work out, he's going to be a great quarterback room guy backup. Yes. You know, for a long time in the league, if, yep. if it doesn't work out with him as a starter. So Jeremy Fowler of ESPN tweeted earlier this afternoon, among teams that looked into potentially trading into the late first round last night, per sources, are the Titans, Rams, Patriots, Falcons could have implications at the top of the second round. My big prediction is that the Rams will trade up with Pittsburgh and draft Liam Cohen's guy, Will Levis. He'll be the first player all taken the tonight in the second round. After all the intel, yep. Of and the Liam last Cohen going back back to uh, the Kentucky now, right? He was his guy two years ago. Went back to the Rams and back to Kentucky. I think it's the Rams that are going to trade up and draft Will Levis. Seventh year. If he, if he drops mid-second round, I'll be shocked. Seventh year, by the way, that the Rams have not had a first-round pick. That's crazy to think about. F them picks. But they have 11 picks this year. People forget that they actually do hold draft picks. They have 11 selections currently. So if they can move around and go chase a quarterback if they if they want, and there's a lot of uncertainty with Matthew Stafford and the health concerns there. Hey, uh, I also think Michael Mayer, he's going to be with the Vegas Raiders. I, I think it's a, a great spot, knowing that they traded away Darren Waller and the upgrade that you can have. They draft high in the second round. I think Mayer's going to be a Las Vegas Raider. Hutton, I like it. Also like that Davey Hudson let us know that Jennifer Nettles' character in Righteous Gemstones' name is Amy Lee. Oh, Amy Lee. And it's Amy spelled... Lee hold on, it's spelled... This is the correct spelling, right, Davey? It is. A-I-M-E-E. -E. Hyphen. Hyphen Lee. L-E-I-G-H. That is excellent, detailed character work by one Danny McBride. Is that Highly recommend back? checking out Righteous Gemstones. Yes. When? Coming back for season three. When is it, it's, it's on one of those big trailers for HBO. They, I don't know they give a month. They just said coming in 2023. I don't know that it has a, has a date yet. On Monday, we will be recapping all of the big storylines from the NFL draft. Hope you'll join us. We start at 3 o'clock Eastern each and every weekday afternoon right here across the Outkick Network. Join us Monday. Enjoy the draft, which is underway in about an hour from right now. And have a great weekend. Cheers.